This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Well, let's cut through the, uh, the Scotland stuff with a lengthy chat about that, shall we, gentlemen? Okay, that's that done. Right, on to the, on to the important <laughs> stuff. The club football's back, and straight into it, straight into the big one, Sean. Dundee v Aberdeen. American TV, six o'clock our time. Don't know what the t- don't know what the time is uh, over, over there. Is this is this the one that's gonna gonna crack the US market for uh, for Scottish football? Well, it'll, it'll it, be. It's an important one, uh, you which we'll get onto. You may jest, but that five-hour time difference is it? That means uh, in New York, it's got that red-hot one p.m. time slot uh, that everybody just is desperate for. Who are they going up against? There's the way there'll be a there'll be a five thirty game in the English Premier Premier League. No, I, 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 I dare say there will be. Yeah. Um, anyway, but, uh, it's important to us, Sean. It's important to us, and it's very it is very important to Dundee. I mean, I went speaking to you know when Rab did his Rab Douglas did his column, he he kind of he edged towards the. It's a bit more important to Dundee than it is to Aberdeen. Is that kind of how you're thinking as well, just purely because they're rooted to the bottom of the league? Uh, from from our perspective, it certainly is. Um, I think the, the the wider media would take the Aberdeen point of view just because they're Aberdeen um, and because they've they've not had the start they would have wanted under Stephen Glass. Initially, and I mean very, very initially, looking quite good. <laughs> And then subsequently yes. starting to look uh, not quite so good. I know. Um, it, it was like, sorry, Sean, it was like me trying to define when I was writing my piece from the Scotland game on Saturday. You're trying to say, how, at what time does a good start not become a good start? And I says, well, if, if, if it means the first a minute, yeah, Scotland were pretty good. <laughs> then, yeah. then, you know, if you make it five minutes, they weren't. But yes, yes. Initially for Aberdeen, they were because they, they thrashed United. But after that, it's got it's gone south, hasn't it? It has, um, and I think probably there's 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 always oh god there's always pressure at Aberdeen. It sounds like it's such a cliche, doesn't it? I mean, it, it kind of is true. I, I, I covered you did them a lot, for didn't you? A lot of years uh, when I was at Sunday Post, probably six years. I did pretty much every home game at Petodre and a lot of away ones as well. So, in, in that length of time, you kind of get a sense of of the the atmosphere around a club and. and what the ethos is like amongst supporters, and and there is pressure. I mean, the 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 jip that Derek McInnes got up there latterly, it was mental at times. Um, and actually, not even right towards the end. Even the second last season, there was McInnes out mm-hmm, movements mm-hmm. and all that. And this is, by the way, when they're finishing third in the league and what have you. Um, so th- there's a real, real expectation up there. Uh, so where they are at the moment albeit Dundee are lower in the league than them, quite obviously they're bottom. But, I mean, where Aberdeen are at the moment is is not acceptable to Aberdeen fans at all. Um, now, where Dundee are isn't acceptable to Dundee fans either. Um, but I suppose, unfortunately, there's more of a sense of familiarity with it <laughs> than, there, than there is uh, amongst Aberdeen fans for where they are. Uh, certainly, over the last decade or so, under, um, under Dent McInnes and, and what have you, Aberdeen have generally been up up in the top half of the league and actually at times challenging for the title back when Rangers weren't there and Celtic were in the doldrums if you like their version of the doldrums under Ronnie Dyler um, so it, it, I think probably there's more pressure on Stephen Glass to be honest with you um, in this game but that's not to take away the fact that, that James McPake has to go and get a win because 
we're talking about when does a a, a start kind of become defined as this is this is what the pattern is and I think Dundee are very much in danger of starting to be defined as a team that has started badly and throw away all that stuff about they've played well because the points aren't coming on the board and that that'll be what they'll start to be judged by well it was Jim was it not thrown away after the St Johnson game because because they you know they, they I mean, James McPate, by his own admission, he, he couldn't use that narrative at McDermott Park, could he? You know, about, oh, we're, we're playing well, the goals will come, we just need to keep doing the same things. You know, it, it took a different twist, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I thought I thought he's, funnily enough, I went back and watched um, the highlights again because we, we, we've been, a, you know, we're international break, we're a wee bit away from um, from yeah. the, the, the important action, let's be blunt, you know, most of us prefer the, the club game. Um and I listened to his, you know, his his after match interview again for the second time, and actually I ran back and now uh, uh, you know I, I I don't do these things to death. I mean, you know, um, broadcasting, podcasting, whatever. You, you're seeing things in a live environment, and you know you're not always uh, thinking of your p's and q's and 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 you know the way you do, would with a written script. But sitting listening to him, um, you know, there was a kind of a feel that he was a man almost that he's what's end. What do I do here? I've assembled a squad which on the face of it is a very decent squad you know um, who should be doing better who should be going scoring goals who shouldn't be conceding goals who should be winning the occasional game at least and yet they're not um, and he was you know in fairness to him he attempted to make no excuses whatsoever um, and it would have been difficult to make excuses in a game where by the 46th minute you were three goals down you know um, but the problem is with that very forthright and honest approach um, it kind of lays bare the problems that are there because people then start to say well how are you going to fix this you know, it's that kind of classic. I mean, sometimes I think back to, uh, wasn't it Paul, was it when Hartley, was it Dens? Remember after, I think, the seventh on the, on the, on the spin where they'd lost, he basically admitted he had no idea what was going wrong or how to fix it. Now, that's a very natural human reaction. And even for a manager, it shouldn't be an unusual reaction because sometimes managers have to go away and suddenly, you know, some of them have a, 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 a blinding flash of inspiration or they just get lucky. Things turn for them, you know. Um which is what James McPake and his coaching staff and Dundee fans and players will be hoping for. But there, there was a kind of a, a vague feeling of, of, of kind of hopelessness about it all. I mean, what do I do here? How do I turn this around? And, there, and, he, and he made no excuses. And I suppose he could not make excuses after that game because they were well beaten. Now, the, the, the problem now for him is, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure you know, who's under greater pressure. It's almost kind of like two like ball men really fighting actually, over a comb. It, you know, I, yeah, I, it's, I mean, two ball men fighting over a comb between him and Stephen Glass at the moment. It's, it's, sadly, it's the nature of Scottish football. You know, I mean, you know, if there was ever a time when you know people say, you know, what we've got a new boss in, let's give the guy a couple of seasons to see how it goes. If there was ever a time, and I don't think there was, then it certainly it doesn't exist now. You know, so so that's gone. But um, somehow or other, he has to find a way to. Um, Get this this group of players to start scoring goals, to start providing chances uh, for the, the front men to score goals, or to provide goals from the midfield for the, you know for the back three or whatever system he's playing for the back three to, to you know to keep a, a you know cleaner sheets and all the rest of it. And at the moment, you know the league table does not lie; they're incapable of doing both. I know that hopefully Charlie Adam um, and Lee Griffiths will be back. Uh, at the weekend for them, but it's still a very tough task because Aberdeen are also fighting for their not existence, but I mean there's massive pressure on there as well, not just on uh, on 
the manager, there's massive pressure on the chairman as well because Dave Cormack has has put a load of money in, into Aberdeen. I mean, I suspect already he's put about as much in as um, you know ten or twelve million quid into, the, into that club. You know, and, and he's getting very little back. Team oh, hasn't Jim. had the best of see, starts. See, you know, see if this was an see if this was an Aberdeen podcast. Oh my goodness! I mean, I mean, I've I've seen these. Pl- I mean, I cannot believe. The, the money that they are... I mean, if, if the wages are... And we, we'll get them from good sources. If they're paying the wages, we are led to believe they're paying for to guys like David Bates and, you know, average, average at best Scottish players on three-year deals or whatever, you know, on big, big wages. It is the recipe for disaster because you can't you can't shift these boys on, you know, because they, they know they will never get these wages again. You know, they've got average players on huge wages... And the, the the guy, I'm sorry, but the guys they've brought in so far, look to me, just don't look up to it. I mean, the, the guy Ramirez, I mean, I've not seen anything in that guy that that tells me he's going to be a success over here. Now, I, I mean, like I say, if this was an Aberdeen podcast, I think they've got huge, 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 huge problems. But anyway, it's not. So we'll, <laughs> we'll move on. I mean, I actually, no, but, yeah, uh, I do, I, I do actually think, I do actually think the Dundee ship, that Dundee team. I can I can see I can see circ- circumstances where that Dundee t- team will start to get to a place where it should be. I cannot possibly see that Aberdeen getting to a place where their fans think they should be, i.e., second, third, or fourth. I just don't see it. Well, that, that, that's a good point, Eric. And I think what what we're probably dealing with here, and it's, you know, no harm to Dundee fans in this, but there, there are different levels of expectation. I mean, you know, it, it's easy for me as a, as a journalist, columnist, broadcaster to maybe suggest to James McPake, I think your ambition should be top six. You know, as a manager of Dundee, he's going to say, well, actually, my ambitions are to stay in that league. And and, and, and I understand that. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's not, not our necks that are on the chopping block. I mean, so, and, and you can you can talk... You know, you like to think that as a journalist, you're talking knowledgeably about football because you've got usually, you know, better insights and, and, and insights and contacts than, than the average bloke in the street. That's the name of the name of the game. But but we don't have them all. We don't see every single thing that goes on at a club and all the wee kind of dramas and and you know ins and outs and all the rest of it. But but when push comes to shove, Dundee should certainly be doing better than they're doing. But ambition wise, there there should be, I would imagine, greater if not ambitions, but greater expectations on a club like Aberdeen, who have the city to themselves, almost have the kind of city region to themselves, um, and will have a, a much, much bigger budget than, than James McBake has got, that's for sure. Um, so there there should be a greater level, I think, of expectation. There will be up there than there is with Dundee. That, that said, that's not to say the level of expectation at Dundee from anyone should accept that being bottom of the table after eight games no, and three indeed. points is good. But, um, but I, I suspect that there's a much bigger level of expectation to be met Aberdeen, but 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 both things are relative. Neither side wants to be down where it is at the moment. Neither no, exactly. Wants to be there. I mean, Sean, do you agree with me that the the Dundee ship is a easier ship, or a, you know, a more realistic ship to turn around than uh, than the Aberdeen one? I suppose so. Yeah, um, I think. We've talked about, I mean, I sort of rubbished this a little bit earlier on. I've talked about how, how, how well Dundee had played earlier on and, and said, well, that starts to become irrelevant if you, if you don't start making it count. And that is true. But at the same time, I can understand how if you look, if James McPake looks at those first, not eight, but seven games, you take the St. Johnson one away. If you look at the first seven games in the league, there, there are positives to take from all of them. 
despite the fact that they didn't get results. From it was him, so, and you mentioned the the, the S word there. They're not going to go on and win two cups, but St Johnston did. <laughs> St Johnston because they're out of one, but St Johnston St Johnston did have a similar league start last. We season, should have a klaxon for that as well, shouldn't we? A, a St Johnston <laughs> double. Klaxon. Bring back the klaxon. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I was because I was just working on a piece about uh, you know comparing and contrasting Saints' situation to this time last year, and Callum Davison was kind of scratching his head a bit for a lot of those games thinking we're playing well, we're playing well, we're playing well. Then they, they, they don't play very well at Livingston, funnily enough, who they're playing. You know, it was, and then of course it did turn. So it's not, it's not as if it can't be done, you know, and it's not as if one game, you know, although I'm kind of going back on what I said as well, you know, the narrative has changed, but it's, it's not as if we can totally ignore that first batch of fixtures as well. So no, I go back to, I do, I do think, it's realistic to think Dundee could all of a sudden be, you know, eighth or ninth. You know, and within a few weeks, Aberdeen ain't going to be second or third. No, no, it doesn't look that way, does it? Um, again, I've got to, to look at the, the positives for Dundee because in, in those first seven games, we, we said it enough on this podcast that there, that there were good things about what they were doing. And, and obviously it got to the St. Johnson game and, it, and there weren't very many good things about what they were doing in, in that particular game. Um so, in an isolated sense, that's a concern. But there should be enough from the previous ones to give James McPake some confidence that that, that can turn. And especially when he gets the likes of Charlie Adam back and, and, and maybe Lee Griffiths, as, as we discussed earlier, well, didn't discuss, we mentioned it, that he, he may be back this weekend. Um, now, again, there's, there's question marks there uh, about what, what kind of Lee Griffiths you're going to get. And... Indeed, the other wild card factor with Lee Griffiths is, is is how what sort of reception he gets, particularly from from visiting fans in this case. And, and I think we know, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. what sort of reception he's going to get. So a lot a lot of it with with Lee Griffiths is how I think how he handles that. Um, so that's something that, that 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 could have a big impact for Dundee, uh, I think. But it's it's again, it's not as if you look at that squad and you think, well, if Lee Griffiths isn't isn't going, then they've got nothing else because they do, of course they do. So uh, it, it does look on paper and taking into account some of the positives from the previous the first seven games of the season that it will be easier for Dundee to to start playing. Well, to start recording the results that, that some of their play has suggested they might be capable of getting, whereas Aberdeen just look a bit lost, I think. And it's it, funny you talk about Christian Ramirez. Actually, the, the, the bright spot for them is, the, I think, the boy uh, Calvin Ramsey, isn't it? The fullback, his emergence, he's only 18, but... Both, I think both he, fullbacks look, yeah. look decent. You know, the, the lad Mackenzie on the other side, when I watched them play against Saints, I just, I thought... Yeah, but it was just so easy to defend against because, you know, Saints just let them have. They say, okay, you know, you do have two very good wing-backs here or full-backs, bombed up and down, saw plenty of the ball, but it says, okay, you, once you cross it, we'll back ourselves that nobody's going to nobody's gonna make the right sort of movement to get on the end of it. And they didn't, you know. They basically let them have it out wide and defend defend the width of their box and then they don't score and they know that they'll, they know that they'll then be susceptible, you know, psychologically to, to the goal at the other end. And they're, they're at... That's what happened. That's what Dundee should be trying to do, Jim. I mean, they should be, they should be looking to just say, "On you go, then." You, we're going to make this tough. We're going to. I mean, Dund- and Dundee have the centre halves to do this, don't they? They, they, they have good headers of the ball. Ashcroft, I like. I think he stepped up to this to this level. 
you know, and say, okay, not saying give away the, the wide areas, but to an extent, and then back yourself to have a to have a bit of quality. I know it's not shown so far, but to have that quality to take your chance and get a one no, it's it's not it's not the most unrealistic of game plans, mm-hmm. is it, Jim? I know, but I mean, I, I you know, <clears throat> given, given you know, not 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 that I'm likely to be in the dugout anytime soon picking the team, but given <laughs> the choice, I would always want to shut down ammunition supply from wide, you know, from balls in the box. You would always want to, uh, I think, shut that, um, shut those options down rather than have to deal with them because the problem is in, in dealing with them. You never know, you know, a loose stray arm as you jump high for the ball uh, can concede a penalty, or a, you know, or or a, or a barge uh, can concede a penalty, or, or very simply, you know. Um, Somebody gets goal side of you, somebody beats you with better spring in the legs or something like that. So I would always want to make sure that, that you know, that, that you weren't conceding, um, su- uh, you know, supply out from the wide areas, balls in the box, rather than have to deal with it. But but if you've got to deal with it, you've you've got to deal with it. It's as, it's as simple as that, you know what I mean? I, I think the, 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 the big issue, uh, Eric, is always... Um, and I, I mean, I, I enjoy, one of the things I'm enjoying about kind of, um, you know, modern journalistic life is we now have greater access to statistics than we ever had before. You know, it's fantastic. You've got kind of statistics for everything, you know, amount of time on the ball, amount of miles run or kilometers run, you know, um, accuracy of passing and all the rest of it. But the problem is a lot, of, a, a lot of that stuff can be dressed up, you know, accuracy of passing, you know, it might be that a player played 40 passes and he but they might be five yard passes across the bat. There's no pressure and all the rest of it. Ultimately, what what always counts is what was the score? How many times did you put the ball in their net versus uh, in your net? And, and, and now eight games into the season, where are you in terms of points? And the, the simple truth is, for the three, you know, for the three top clubs in our, our area. Um, it kind of makes depressing reading whether the, you know for 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 one um, so so for another St Johnson depressing for Dundee so so for Saints at the moment glorious for United you know so you know all that stuff about whether you're you're denying people um, access from from the wide or dealing well in the midfield you can eventually quite quickly see it on, on, on the league table and and it's fairly obvious that United are, United are, are, are the better of the three sides so far in terms of points although in terms of goals scored it's actually it's quite a Astonishing to look at the, the other. I'm sure we're coming on to United shortly, but you know, I mean, in terms of kind of Dundee's central defence, um, it's, it's all fine to kind of, you know, be capable of dealing with things. And you know, well, they've conceded 16 goals, so not as capable as perhaps they should be. Um, but I would always want to try and deny access to the wide areas in terms of getting crosses into the box in the first place. That would be my kind of key concern. Well. I- you touched on Griffiths, uh, Sean. The sight of him in the in the, the training gear again this week. I think, I think it's probably a bigger a bigger deal to see Charlie Adam back, isn't it? I mean, I I, I didn't expect. I thought Charlie Adam. I, I didn't think Charlie Adam's loss or absence from this team would have. I don't know why I thought that would have such a big impact, but it has, hasn't it, Sean? I mean, I. I mm-hmm. He's become. He's. You often see this. But he, somebody, somebody becomes even more important to a team when they're not there. When they when that team's losing, but he does have a bit of a sort of talismanic air about him, doesn't he? And they could just do. They could when they're not scoring goals, they could just do with him raking one of those twenty-five yarders in the top corner, couldn't they? It's as simple as that. Or draw, you know, dropping across on a on a on a head that can't be missed. You know that sort of thing, isn't it? It's. I'm, he's, we're not saying he's going to be box to box, and you know covering the pitch like Max Anderson or even 
you know, even mopping up as efficiently as, as a Sean Byrne, keeping things ticking over, but he just has this habit of doing stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> doing important stuff. Well, I, I, I think that's called quality, isn't it? Probably yes. Um, uh, that's that's the that's the difference, I think. Because when, when when you've got a quality like that, you can take away all of that other stuff that you, you've just mentioned in terms of. Uh, I, I hesitate when using the word athleticism. I suppose it's the correct one, but I mean, it, it feels it feels a little bit ridiculous of me to be uh, to be <laughs> criticising a professional athlete for a lack of athleticism. To be honest, when I'm sitting here eating a penguin uh, with a cup of coffee, I, I, so. I've, se- I've seen your speed at moving to the bar, boy. So you're, you're mm. quick enough, you know. You're athletic. I've enough. got a quick turn of pace, but <laughs> not much stamina, Jim. Um, so yeah, you can you can take away the sort of um, the, the the top the real sort of athleticism. I feel like oh god, again I've used that word. The the, the sort of a, a staying power of getting up and down the park as you've put it repeatedly for ninety minutes. That's obviously not there with, with Charlie. Now. I mean, there, there are obvious reasons for that. He's, he's he's not a not a young player anymore. But even if you take that away from a player with as much quality as him, it doesn't make a huge amount of difference. He just he just still has that left foot and he still has that vision and he still has the knowledge and the know-how. He knows where to be. So he doesn't have to be belting it up and down the park all the time. He knows where he can do damage uh, to the opposition from and, and he puts himself there. And to his, to his credit, he does the damage. Uh, and we've had evidence of that on, on numerous occasions. So yeah, his his absence has been really keenly felt. Um, I think, and uh, as you say, I mean the likes of Sean Burns actually a player I quite like. I think he's really good. He does a, a, a good job, but he yeah, doesn't do what Charlie absolutely. Adam does. Same with Max Anderson, full of energy, full of running. But I mean, a young player, lots of potential there. But again, for obvious reasons, isn't going to do what Charlie Adam does. Um, so I think you pull you pull him back into that side, and that that. That does make a big difference for Dundee, um, because because regardless of, of of athleticism or lack of, if you want to put it like that, which I apparently do, um, Charlie Charlie's got a hell of a lot about him at this level, uh, so he, he will he will be huge. And Griffiths is is the one that we we, we just don't know, do we? Because we, we, what we've seen so far, at times I've watched him and thought. He, he looks lively here, but it's only ever been in spells. It's never been. I wouldn't sustained. start. I wouldn't start him, John. No. I wouldn't start him. I I just think. I mean, Jim's touched on it last week when he when he said about the whole are we what Lee Griffiths are we talking about here? You know, you have to go. You have to go with the evidence of your eyes. You know, and the last he did. You know, he he went off early against uh, Rangers. He was subbed against. St. John, I mean, he did nothing in the St. Johnson game. I'm talking about the first one, the cup game. Did nothing, nothing. And I actually thought, and again, you, you don't want to put too much into it. But as as James McPake said, he won't be kidded by the second half against against St. Johnson. But Cummings, you know, Cummings and Sheridan start to look as if they might have have a bit of promise. Now, I would be, I I wouldn't. I just well switch switch it to yourself, Jim. I wouldn't start Lee Griffiths. I don't think he's done anything to deserve being started. Well, I, I think the phrase you used there, Eric, is spot on. The evidence here on eyes. Um, you know, we were talking a minute ago about Charlie Adam. You know, we quite clearly see when Charlie's playing. 
the qualities that Sean yeah, the does. Kind of, makes the I don't see it there. You know, you, you quite clearly see there's a range of passing, a range of skills. Athletic in his own way, you know. Um, it's still a decent enough engine he's, he's aging on the That's what you but, should have said, but, Sean. But, athletic yeah, in his own way. Yeah, I like yeah. that. It's much better. But, <laughs> but, but <laughs> definitely a, a wider range of passing and skills and all the rest of it, you know, dead balls, a whole bit. But the bottom line is quite clearly, you see when Charlie's playing, the quality oozes out of the man. Now, yeah, the, the the worry for me and the one I expressed last week, and I take no satisfaction in doing it because you know I, I dealt with Griffiths when he was at Dens, and he, he was he was a good kid to deal with. He's not a kid anymore, obviously, you know. But um, it, it was something a mate of mine, a Celtic supporter mate of mine, um, actually worked at Celtic one time, said to me, he said, "Are you thinking about you know the Lee Griffiths that you're thinking about now, or the Lee Griffiths that operated three three years ago?" And, and I have to confess, that I probably was. I mean, I, I think if you're getting the Lee Griffiths that you had three years ago, you, you're getting it. Well, you, you wouldn't be getting them. That would be the bottom line. If you you know he wouldn't be at Dens Park if he was a Lee Griffiths of three years ago, he'd still be banging banging the goals in for Celtic. So only the evidence of your own eyes can. Um, can you know can, can tell you whether I know he's, Jim he's, to he's use your own to use your own to use your own phrase there the quality isn't oozing out of Lee Griffiths no, not only is it not oozing out it's, it's, it's nowhere to be seen bluntly you know um, now that's for a combination of reasons I mean he, he's trying to get himself fit again um, he's had he's he's had um, issues of all sorts to deal with um, he, now James McPate will be seeing him on the training ground and very often players do tremendously well on the training ground and it doesn't replicate on the Saturday when it comes to first team football but the bottom line is quite soon um, they're going to have to start to see something uh, from him because you know, well, I think I've suggested, you know, in the last few podcasts and even with Colin that, you know, it's, you don't want to be panicking early on. And, you know, and it is probably a bit survival for Dundee, sadly, as opposed to kind of, you know, making a top six or something like that. But one, the one thing they must avoid is getting detached. And 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 if they are to lose, you know, if they're to lose to Aberdeen in the six o'clock, um, you know, <laughs> kick off on Saturday, they would find themselves potentially, depending on how it goes with Ross County and Livingston, even further detached and and then well adrift. I mean, already it looks as though we're kind of heading towards a dogfight between these three bottom clubs, you know, and Dundee do not want to be there. And on the face of it, but there's only so many times you can say this, and I suspect James McPake was kind of more or less hinting at this after the St. Johnson game in his interview, there's only so many times you can say on the face of it, there's a squad of players there that should be doing much better. I've thought that, I've written about it, I've said it on here, we all have, um, but they're not doing better than, than than what they're patently doing. And the bottom line is simply they've played eight games, they have three points. They've only scored five times, they've conceded 16. I mean, that's that, that's the kind of form, the only points in one direction, and it's not upwards. OK, Sean, Dundee United. I just had a look at the table there. They can go ahead of, they can go ahead of Hibs. And this is the Hibs that everybody's been talking about as, you know... I mean, we'll, we'll quite often find ourselves here with Hibs, you know. Again, like I said, with the Aberdeen thing, we, we, I'm not. This isn't a Hibs podcast, but you know, people get very excited about 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 the likes of Hibs and Dundee United. Beat them; they'll go above them. There you go. And then people will start to get very excited about Dundee United, will they? Well, they, why not? Yeah. Um... I think that probably the, the the thing that goes against that would be that they're not Hibs. I think you're right, but the Hibs are Hibs are probably the most overhyped team <laughs> in Scottish football. I think over the last couple of seasons. All right, fair enough, they've done well, but I mean, come on, eh? <laughs> the, yeah. the, way, the way that the way that people go on about their players and 
stuff oh, like that. I mean, like, oh, get lost. Honestly, I'm just not having it. I've still yet like, to see. I've still yet to see, and I've watched a lot of St. Johnson Hibs games. I've still yet to see Martin Boyle play well once. I, 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 I literally <laughs> do not. I literally do not get what the hype. But I mean, okay, he must. He must be an absolute <clears throat> world beater against the other teams to get this reputation and, and all these Player of the Month awards. I've never seen him have a good game once yet. But anyway, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would actually to be I wasn't thinking of him when I was thinking of Hibs players who were over overhyped uh, quite specifically I was thinking of Porteous oh yeah, <laughs> yeah well, uh, I've seen yeah. him have a, <laughs> seen him have a few <laughs> stinkers but, uh, who, I'm, who I'm not yeah. having no you have um, Jack Ross on your case with that one I'll tell you <laughs> uh, I suspect he'll have uh, he'll maybe have someone else to do his uh, dirty work <laughs> on that front uh, but uh, no I, mean, I just yeah, yeah Hibs are Hibs are Hibs do a very good job of uh, of hyping their players up. I understand why, actually, and it makes perfect sense. And you can say fair play to them for doing it because it, if you consider yourself a selling club of any kind, then it's 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 on you to make sure that you maximise the value of your players. And Hibs do that very very well. So, in a business sense, it's 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 a job well done for them. But in truth, I just don't buy it. <laughs> but United uh, to to change the angle slightly here um, yeah I mean we've been excited about Dundee United if not right well probably right since the start of the season actually well, when I think about Aberdeen. it yeah since yeah. Aberdeen yeah. yeah after well, the Aberdeen the, the wider world I'm talking about this Sean the wider yes. world well I, I suspect you I think you're right because of the, the the way the Hibs are seen I mean if United go go and beat them and then go above them in the table then uh, I think some focus in the wider media will shift to Dundee United um, and They'll be happy with that, no doubt, because like Hibs, they they are very much a, a selling football club for obvious reasons. Um, and having having eyes on them is a is a very very good thing. Also, also do a very good job in that regard. I'm not not really. They do, yeah. They're not flogging yeah. anybody for big money yet, but there's a few players getting talked about now. So I, I you know, credit where it's due. If I mean, fans might not think it's the sort of thing they want their club to be credited with, but you know, it's the real world, isn't it? <laughs> It is, and they do do a good job of it. And actually, to be fair to them, they've done a good job at it for 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 a long time, even before the the current regime. Yeah, Stephen, the, Stephen the, Thompson's. Yeah, yeah. For for whatever criticisms you could have of Stephen, and I know that a lot of Dundee United fans have got a lot of criticisms of Stephen, and uh, Jim's had personal experience in that <laughs> regard as well, which uh, we we might hear about. I don't know, but um, oh, I've taken a very silent show on that. I've spoken United fans, have, United fans have got a lot to criticise Jim about as well. So. <laughs> Hey, they've got nothing to criticise me about. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I mean, for all the criticisms you could have, Stephen Thompson did a good job of maximising value and he was selling players as well. So that's that's been something Dundee United have done for a long time and current regime have, have continued that and, and, and fair play to them for it. But, I mean, United are deserving of, of attention, I think. Um, and I think the nature of the project that they've embarked upon in terms of putting the academy kind of central to what they're doing, the business model, and then promoting Tam Courts from that academy to to first team level, and the job that he's done since doing it, the kind of the, the vindication of the decision, if you like, um, that will that will lead to interest. Um, so if if United do, and there's no reason they can't. Um, given how well organised they look, how well they've played, the, the, the games they've won so far, there's absolutely no reason why they, they, they can't beat Hibs. Um, and if they go and do it, then the, the attention that will inevitably come their way will be well deserved. I mean, Jim, I mean, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm slightly exaggerating because I have, I've enjoyed, you know, Hibs have had some 
some impressive results and they, they do when they when they play well they do score goals you know you've got to you have to admire a manager that puts an attacking team on the pitch and, and Jack Ross undoubtedly does that so I kind of but Sean's right they do get they do get overhyped but you know there we go it's but it would be you know I don't like how will use that phrase it would be a statement win wouldn't it for for Dundee United if they go to Easter Road and and everything that goes with it the place in the table you know not taking the scalp or one of the sort of you know the the team that they're a bit of a, the man, team and manager sort of media darlings type thing you know it would be it would be a statement win wouldn't it well i, th- I think i mean I, i'm not overly <coughs> bigger impressed by kind of you know past results but i mean you know alan temple's making the point this morning and uh, his piece in the courier i mean united have beaten hibs only once and Last forty meetings, hey, you know. I'm, Temple, I'm, Temple know. tipped Dunfermline to win the championship. <laughs> we will have that man quoted on this podcast, <laughs> well, by the way. Yeah. We, were, we, you know, I mean, I was at the the three one three one game um, at Tannadice. I actually thought United played very well in big chunks of that game um, later on, but uh, it will it will be a very difficult one. I mean, you know, it, 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 Hibs have got quality. I know what you're saying about Boyle and the rest. I like Boyle. Boyle's got pace, and I always think that pace and finishing ability are are, are, are great levelers in the game. You know all other things being equal if you've got those two qualities then you know you're miles ahead of others already um i like the boy joe newell's very very tidy pass as well um doyle hayes is tidy as well uh, they've got scott allen and there as an option you know um so I think much of this kind of game may well be settled in, in the midfield. It'll probably not be settled up front from United because we know how difficult they found it to score goals. But I, I think, you know, already at this stage of the season, um, if you're a United fan, you've got every reason to be absolutely delighted with the progress that they've made. And I, I mean, the, um, the the signings have, have been terrific. You know, I mean, McMahon has, has settled into that left-back position seamlessly. Um, Leva has got a terrific range of passing a young boy he's only 20 you know Niskanen uh, took his goal very well the other week looks very very useful uh, indeed Um, that's before you talk about you know Charlie Mulgrew who I think has been probably one of the great captures uh, in recent years for any side with what he's brought to the side Um, so you know, all all round United at the moment. When Seagrass is in goal, you've got a top quality goalkeeper. You've got a defence playing very well. You've got a midfield which I think now is really starting to kind of look fluent and mobile and all the rest of it. And I'm delighted to see Harks, who I li- I've always liked Harks, doing well. I think you're now seeing a sight of the fellas' game as he really sells to Scottish football that I think is highly impressive. Nicky Clark isn't an out-and-out goal scorer, but he's an intelligent player. I don't think he's a man to lead the line on his own, um, but um, still a very useful player, I think, to have about a squad. And Peter Pollock continues, you know, to to show that, um, you know, age is a number. I mean, he still has a great deal of pace about him, a great deal of trickery. He's a smart player. So I think generally uh, United have much to be pleased about. And also, you look at the bench and, you know, and, and there's a strong there's a strong squad. Uh, much of it, well, a great deal of it, youth. But there's a good mix, a great blend of youth and experience. And at, at this stage in the season, if you're a United fan, you have got to be delighted with the table that sees you sitting in fifth position a point ahead of Celtic after eight games. I mean, that, that's terrific for only five points off the pace with Rangers, um, and 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 much more importantly, because you're, you're highly unlikely you're going to catch Rangers. You're only four points off the pace with the second team Hearts, and and if they beat Hibs, they go ahead of them. I mean that that's that has to be a hugely 
impressive performance in anyone's books and, and, and absolutely commendable for the work that, that everyone at Tannadice has done from the players, from the coaching staff, from Tam Courts and his elevation to the head kind of coach manager, um, Tony Asgar, a sporting director. There's, there's just been a, a quite simply an excellent job done by all at Tannadice. Big Max, well, unless unless you've been uh, skulking around the, the streets of St Andrews, Sean, you won't have seen what he looks like, he's looked like in training. But you know, if if he's if he's uh, if he's been okay in training, do you do you, do you throw him straight in? My and my he... skulking days are behind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you skulk elsewhere. No, you <laughs> do, you, do you start him? Why not? If he's, I mean, if the problem that they'll have, it'll be to do with whether he's whether he's match fit or, or ready for it, because you would imagine he he may well have trained with a club somewhere or or, or over pre season if, if he had a an in with a, a friendly club somewhere, but if not, then he's not played at all this season. He's not. Is he? He's not had no. So he's not. He might not have had a full pre season either. Uh, either sorry, um, I'm sure he'll have done work on his own, but that's not the same thing. So. Um, it'll come down to, to to whether he's ready to start or not, and that'll be a judgment for for Tam Courts to make in tandem with his staff, who'll be able to give him some figures, no doubt, on on how he's performing. So uh, if if he's ready for it, then uh, then why not? Yeah, I mean uh, McNulty's out. We know that. Yeah, exactly. So, That's what I'm yeah. thinking. You know, they do need they do need a presence up there. So, and as Jim said, Nicky Clark ain't ain't really that player anymore. He kind of used to be, didn't he? But so. You, you never know, yeah. You never know. Oh, listen. Before we finish off with United, you know, Sean, I've got, to, got, to, got to give you the stage now. We dunk. Come on, tell us all oh, about yeah. him. Eh? Tell us all about we dunk. I th- it has to be we dunk, doesn't it? It's a no-brainer. It does have to be we dunk. We dunk. Who, as you rightly pointed out in our work chat, looks about six foot three, but they're really no, he's a big lad. <laughs> quite, quite predictably, Duncan <laughs> Ferguson's laddie that's now in the Scotland setup. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, Cameron, Cameron Ferguson. Um, we dunk. I'm going to keep hammering we that don't. until it takes off. <laughs> it has to be we dunk. Come on. Uh, he's uh, he played for Scotland under 19s um, last weekend. They played two bounce games against Fleetwood Towns under 21. Somewhat strangely, but there you go. Uh, they won one of them and drew the other one. Um, so Cameron Ferguson started the one that they drew. It was one each. Uh, he's a striker. Big striker, left-footed striker. Does that remind you of anyone? Oh, it does, yeah. Yeah, a bit <laughs> like his old man. Then there we I go. Can, uh, I can't wait to hear him talking. Are you a six-foot, six-foot three Scot with a Scouse accent? I don't think. I, don't, I was going to uh, say. Well, I don't think he'll have a Sterling accent, will he? No. no. Well, I, he was born in Liverpool during his dad's second spell at Everton. So uh, I, I, I would imagine he's uh, fairly Scouse. <laughs> uh, actually funnily enough his dad's starting to uh, he's, he's obviously still got a Scottish accent but I don't know if you've seen any of these videos that he's done recently on Twitter where yeah, he, he was uh, I think he, he took a, a kid oh, the poor lad that had done he his homework right. yeah. exactly <laughs> and there was a few words in there that he was just sort of slipping into Scouse I thought which is understandable when you've been in the place for long enough so. uh, but yeah big left footed striker big tall guy Get booked in this game, which was brilliant. It's a great photo of him grinning from ear to ear while the referee's booking him. He's towering over the referee as well while it's happening. So, chip off the old block. He, I was going to say, didn't, didn't they have him by the scruff of the neck? Did they not? Love it up the family name. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, he plays for, he's at Newcastle United. Uh, he's in their under 23 squad at the moment. He was he was at Everton as a younger kid, as you would, that would make sense, uh, given that he's, his dad's obviously there. Uh, he's had a spell in Spain. I'm not entirely sure who with him off the top of my head actually but he, he was also at Tranmere Tranmere actually released him 
uh, and then he went on trial at Newcastle and scored against Sunderland. <laughs> so that will get you a contract at Newcastle if you do that, as it proved. So, uh, yeah, he played in that game for under-19s alongside Kerr Smith at Dundee United and Chris Mochrie uh, at Dundee United both played in that game as well. Um, so an interesting one, one to watch, because I think that w- with Duncan Ferguson, obviously, I think he only won seven caps for Scotland in the end. Um I think he kind of withdrew himself for, from consideration and protest at how the SFA reacted in the aftermath of his um, uh, assault conviction. I think they banned him for 12 games or they something did. like on, that in on, addition. On top, on top of his jail sentence. On top sentence, of the yeah. sentence. So uh, I, I don't think he was happy about that. But he, he subsequently has kind of said that it's a, it's a regret because he wished he, he wanted to win 100 caps for Scotland. So... Uh, I'm sure seeing his young lad pulling a Scotland top on must be a point of pride for him. So I mean, that's it's it's one that Scotland fans will be excited about because the prospect of a a bustling six foot plus striker Ferguson. in the Duncan Ferguson mould. Uh, uh, Scotland fans love to see that sort of thing. Oh, that's if Tony Asker's got any sense. <laughs> Jim, Jim, he's he's looking for there's his next yeah, loan. Eh? That'll sell jerseys, won't it? Eh? I, I tell you what, when you look at him, you know, you, you see uh, you pictures of Tony as well. Dunk, big Duncan Canada and I am. That's for sure. You know, but yeah, that would that would go down a storm, would it? A return to the ancestral home at Tannadice for uh, one of the Fergusons. Yeah, um, there'll be a few, there'll be a few pubs. Him. There'll be a few pubs in the uh, hill town. I'll be, uh, I'll I'll get, be I'll get, right on to Tony as soon as we come <laughs> off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right before we've got off to, off the beat track a wee bit, Jim St Johnson against Livingston. It's a chance for Saints to. to I mean, they probably Callum would have ra- rather not had the international break. I, I speak as if you know they have a choice in these things. It is you know it's 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 written. It's, they know it's coming, but they were building up a nice bit of momentum. Chance to chance to pick it up again against against Livingston. Yeah, and. and <clears throat> If anyone's capable of kind of picking up and moving on from the momentum, you know, um, it, it would be Saints. Um, they they, they, they kind of need to, don't they? You know, I mean, they, they need to kind of start pushing their way up the table. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty well placed. I mean, they're, they're sitting there on nine points. Um, again, only four points behind Celtic at this stage. I know, I know this is a bizarre season, but no one, no one would have expected to see Celtic sitting in sixth place, you know, after eight uh, games played with 13 points. But Saints, um, I would take to beat Livingston. Uh, they're a better side. Um, the, the, the quality is there. Um, there's almost kind of, there's a seamlessness about St. John's, I think, isn't there? You know, a couple of players go, bring players in, things remain the same. Callum coaches them well, but, you know, pretty tight squad. People know what's expected of them. Um, I would certainly hope and expect that Saints uh, will start to kind of kick on into a more fluent um, situation in terms of points on the board. What, you know, to, to some extent, <laughs> they're actually not that much different from United. When you look at United, when you look at United, five scored, five against. You look at Saints, six scored, six against. You know, um, it's very tight defensively, but need to kind of score more goals. Uh, but undoubtedly, to me, they're, they're a better side than Livingston. I know there's not much between them. Five points after eight games um, isn't a huge amount, but I would expect uh, that Saints will start to kick on and this is this is a great opportunity to to do it against a, a side who I think they've got more in every department than Livingston Livingston have and a side who will be I think basement batters for the rest, the rest of the season yeah I think they're probably right <coughs> excuse me about Livingston but I mean Sean do you think you'll start to see well we are starting to see players come back from injuries and maybe not this week but within two or three weeks you're going to start to see the not a settled eleven either, because Callum does like to, you know, he's he's got a larger squad than last season, and he he, he 
you know, it's it was very uncommon for it to be a, you know, the same team week after week for for Saints. But you will start to see a more settled team take take shape over the autumn, won't you, and going into winter? Yeah, I think Callum would like that certainly. Um, and it, but it, but I mean, you're spot on about about the the adaptability because I think last season, as it as it went on, there obviously was a familiarity about St Johnston certainly at the back. Um, and with the system and what have you, but there, there, there are always tweaks and little surprise <laughs> additions that will that will occur. <laughs> Callum Davidson's in charge that will catch you by surprise at times. But I mean, they they, they always seem to be well thought out, you know. Um, so I don't I don't doubt for a second that he'll still do that. Uh, but I mean, having Liam Gordon come back in um, whenever that happens sooner rather than later, you would think. Um, I mean, Ali Crawford, we hear, is, is doing well as well uh, in the nature of his injury, which seemed like a concern uh, when you hear tor- torn anything. <laughs> I, think, I think the thought is, oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, seems to have done really well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, every chance that, that, that we'll, we'll start to see that that familiarity. And, again, I, I think probably at the back will be the, the, the one area where he, Callum will prize that more than anything else, because we saw the benefits of that last season. Um, so if we can get a settled three at the back, but I mean, he does he does have a, like a sort of a bit of a head scratcher off the back of the St Johnston game. Oh no, he does, he does. Yeah, yeah. because the, it was it was as close to makeshift as it gets for St Johnston, but God, it didn't half work. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you do now? Uh, the white then donker was. I mean, for, he, he settled into the game and ended yeah, up. And he's big, isn't he? He's, yes, he's, yeah, yeah. Rooney, I've I've mentioned before. I thought he was really good in, on the right of that three. I thought uh, it's actually might actually be quite a good place for him. Um, uh, stepping out of defence there, and Effie Ambrose is just cool as a cucumber, isn't he? So uh, it worked quite nicely. But I mean, Liam Gordon has to come back in. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, won't be yet, uh, but your, yeah, yeah, not be far away. He's your organizer and. Potential captain, future, I was say, future dare captain. I say, you know, like, it's not really been spoken about yet, but you would you would think it's it's he's certainly in that mould. And then the the very fact that Callum's talking about him being a big moaner on the training ground that's you know yeah. that, that's that's you what know, you that, want. That's, that's that's Stephen Anderson. That is you know what I mean. There you go. He's ticking every box. But yes, and Jim, I know we said we weren't going to talk about Scotland and World Cups and all the rest of it, but but Spoonie David Wotherspoon chopping his way to Qatar. I mean. Did you wake up to that story I wrote there? Had it nice and early for you, Jim, about Canada taking a big step towards the World Cup? What a story that would be for o- Over my Spoon. coffee. Delighted for Spoonie. Oh, yeah. one, of the, one of the great players in the game. You know, I, you know, for a lot of I, mean, I had, had a wee discussion with some Hibs boys recently that thought he was overrated. I, I just, I think he's a terrific player. He would never be out of team of mine, you know, so delighted uh, for him. What, what, what a mentor it'll be for us, though, if Canada at the World Cup, we're not, yeah? Listen, I well, like, no, good, no I mean, I think, there, but I, think, <laughs> I mean, it looks like they will. I mean, they've got oh, a know. long way to go. No, I mean, I speak the, to the round team, robin, I but I mean, they've got some very good players now. We are long past the stage where we could look at any other country. And the game is, you know, the game is developed. I mean, the game is now, now truly global. And, uh, you know, when you've got laddies like Ryan Gold going away to make their living in Canada, you know that the game is, is absolutely on, on, on the up and up. And, uh, 
you know, the, the fact that Canada, this has always happened. You know, I was talking to one of my brother's old mates the other week who had um, been in the original five, I think, all from Dundee, who went to Australia to play when Jimmy Jimmy Rooney, the first ever Scott to be capped for Australia. You know, so, you know, the, the, we've always had situations where Australia, New Zealand, Canada, whatever, kind of look as though they're going to make the break, don't make the break, next thing they are making the breakthrough. Um, the, the, the game has changed. You know, we, we, we are not in a position where we could ever look at any other nation and be uh, critical, uh, never mind overly critical at all. So great to see Spoonie doing well for, for Canada and good luck to them. As long heavily, as reli- heavily, heavily reliant on David's and variations of them, yeah, aren't yeah. they? But Jonathan, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alfonso Davis, Jonathan uh, David, uh, David uh, Rotherspoon. Something, uh, something in that, right? Anyway. I can't make that. We'll wrap up there. I can't can't be wasting my time speaking to you two anymore. I've got I've got to email the editor to get <laughs> my trip to, to, to get got my trip to Qatar to sort out to follow <laughs> Spoonie <laughs> around around the World Cup there. So get to hard leave. Somebody's got to do it. Eh? Get booked early. That's it. Right. Cheers, guys, and we'll be back. And thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week where we'll be mopping up everything that's happened at Dens Park and all the rest of it. Okay. Thank you again. Bye bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.